Welcome to the Civil Engineering Podcast, the podcast focused on helping civil engineering professionals succeed by exposing them to interesting civil engineering projects and successful civil engineering professionals around the world. Hosts Anthony Fasano and Christian Knutson had successful but unconventional civil engineering careers and now focus on helping civil engineering professionals achieve their goals in work and life. Welcome to the Civil Engineering Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Fasano, and this is the podcast specifically for civil engineers who want to succeed. In today's episode, I'm going to use an excerpt from John Lowe's book entitled A Guide to Managing Engineering and Architectural Design Services Contracts, What Every Project Manager Needs to Know. I'm going to use the excerpt to discuss effective planning, execution, and follow-up for engineering project meetings, what I consider to be a super important topic for civil engineers. The information in this podcast is being utilized and talked about with permission from the author, John Lowe. So I interviewed John Lowe on the topic of effectively managing engineering services contracts back on episode 40, and the episode was a huge hit. So much so that I teamed up with John and we recently published his book in audiobook form. And it's now available at contractsbook.com. And again, that's contractsbook.com. And it also is going to be discounted, we just decided, by 20% through the end of 2016. We've just extended that deadline. So definitely check it out. I think everything that John talks about in his book is so applicable to civil engineers and it's just stuff that we don't really learn unless you learn it through years of experience, which is what happened for John. He's now retired and he wrote the book to kind of give back to the industry and help civil engineers. So I'm excited to talk about the portion of his book on meetings today because I think meetings are a huge drain for civil engineers if they're not run properly and they're also a potential source of liability and we're going to get into that. Before we do get into the main segment on meetings, I want to take a moment to recognize our sponsor for today's episode, PPI. If you are thinking about taking the civil FE or PE exam, I recommend that you check out PPI, the leader in civil engineering exam prep. PPI is offering a special 20% discount to listeners of this podcast. Use promo code CIVIL at ppi2pass.com. Again, that's PPI, the number two, pass.com, and use promo code CIVIL for a 20% discount. All right, now it's time to jump into our main segment of the show. Civil Engineering Podcast. Civil Engineering Podcast. All right, so for today's Civil Engineering Conversation of the Week segment, it'll be myself, and we're going to dive into the topic of effective planning, execution, and follow-up of engineering project meetings. Again, I really believe this to be one of the biggest sources of wasted time and energy in meetings but also a source of liability. And hopefully after listening to this podcast and possibly picking up the audiobook contractsbook.com, it's going to change for you. And you can really take charge of your meetings and help to improve meetings maybe that you're not in charge of because it's a big part of what we do as civil engineers. All right, so I'm going to cover three specific points in this main segment, which is going to be planning for meetings, the meeting agenda, and then a meeting sign-in sheet. And then I'll wrap up in the end segment talking about meeting summary, meeting minutes. All of this stuff is really important. So let's start with number one, planning for meetings. Planning for meetings really may be the most important part of a meeting as the effectiveness of the meeting itself is largely dependent on how well the meeting was planned. And John Lowe says in his book 
that solid planning is essential, especially when the meeting is to be attended by multiple stakeholders and is to be held at a location several hours away from the consultant's office where recovery from forgetting something can be very difficult. So if you want to maximize the effectiveness, one of the things that you can do is to use a checklist that you've prepared well in advance of the meeting. Personally, I absolutely love checklists. I use them for everything because they really do minimize the risk of errors and errors can happen. In your planning for your meetings, I recommend, and and so does John through his book, of course, put together a general meeting checklist that you can walk through and make sure that you have everything on that prepared. And and again, I understand that you can't use a blanket checklist for every meeting, but some of the checkboxes may not be applicable, which is fine, but it's still a quality control point for you that you can go through for every meeting. And through John's book, he makes references to a website where there's actually checklists and everything that are available, which is great. But do yourself a favor. And if you don't have a checklist, create one for meetings. Next, point number two is the meeting agenda. While planning the meeting is important, the meeting agenda, or the lack of one, is probably the single most important determinant of the effectiveness of a meeting. All right, now I want to walk through six very specific guidelines that John Lowe recommends regarding meeting agendas in his portion of his book. Number one, a draft agenda should be routed to expected attendees for their input before the meeting. And I know, listen, we live in a world of chaos and everything happens so quickly and sometimes it's hard to plan ahead but here's the deal if you send a meeting agenda to people before the meeting and ask for their input they are then taking on a sense of ownership for the meeting outcome right it's going to increase their sense of ownership because they had an opportunity to comment right because that's big because beyond just logistical preparedness by doing this you're getting people to be buying into a meeting before it starts and really buying in it is a topic that's Very important in civil engineering overall, buying in on projects, stakeholders, end users, etc. But even in these meetings, it's very important. Point number two regards to the agenda. Input from other attendees will help the organizer be better prepared for unexpected topics that can come up during the meeting. You want to minimize your risk to be able to move topics forward and have successful meetings. And this pre-prep is going to help you to do that. What happens if someone sends you back an agenda and gives you two or three things to talk about that you weren't planning on talking about? That could derail your meeting if you didn't know that it was coming down the line. And also, the fact that you're not prepared for that if you didn't know about it ahead of time could really make the meeting very inefficient and ineffective. And that's like the last thing we need in our world today. We don't have time for that in budgets and tight, tight budgets and deadlines. Right? So do your homework. Number three on agendas The finalized agenda should be sent to all attendees prior to the meeting so that they can be prepared for the meeting as well. Listen, just because you sent it out, you may not get to route it out beforehand to get input. I understand that, right? And even if you do, send everybody the meeting agenda right before the meeting, whether it's a day before, a couple hours before, email it to everybody. Because the last thing you want to do is have someone say, oh, I didn't get the agenda. I wasn't prepared. I didn't get a chance to go through anything. No, you did have the agenda because I sent it out to everybody. I have an email record of it. You want to have an effective meeting. If someone can open up the agenda and skim through it before the meeting, that might allow them to get their thoughts together. Even though it's just a minute for them, it could still be very helpful. Number four, to improve the probability of accomplishing the purpose of the meeting, as a minimum, a printed agenda should be available to all attendees at the meeting. 
as much as people should be responsible for bringing their own agenda, please don't rely on it. It's only going to negatively affect your outcome, as John references in his book. You have to drive this. Again, you don't want to give people an excuse to zone out. Oh, I don't have a copy of the agenda. Then they go on their computer, they're checking emails, they're doing other things. Be professional. Circulate an agenda for the meeting. It's going to keep everybody on track. Number five, the agenda lets the attendees know the order in which the items are to be covered so that the organizer's desired flow of the meeting is not interrupted by attendees unknowingly bringing up topics that are scheduled for later in the meeting. You run the meeting, not them. You run the meeting. And if you have an agenda, it's going to allow you to do that. It's going to keep it very structured. It's going to keep it flowing. It's going to keep it productive. If someone has, listen, people are always going to have topics to bring up. I'm not saying to shut them out, but what you do is, is on the agenda, you put a new business item at the end of the agenda, and then you push everything to that new business item that's not in your agenda. This is something that I do every day for my work days. I have this great journal I've been using. It's called the Self Journal. I just bought it recently, and it has in there on the left page a schedule for the day like all the hours with lines and I write in everything I want to do all day throughout the day and I work through it. And by doing that, what I'm doing is I'm forcing myself to work on what I want to work on all day and I'm not letting emails and other distractions take me off my game. I have time allotted for those other distractions. Just like you have a new business allotted for new items that come up in your meeting. So this can be a very, very effective way to run a meeting by having a tight, tight agenda that you stick to with the flexibility at the end of it. And number six, in general, the agenda should be followed during the meeting, of course. But again, rigid adherence to the agenda is rarely necessary. Deviation from the agenda is going to occur frequently. And in civil engineering project situations, quite frankly, deviating can be beneficial. However, if the meeting does happen to get out of control, you can then use the agenda to refocus the meeting. So be flexible. Things are going to happen. But I'm telling you right now from my own experience and obviously from reading through some of John's thoughts from his book, and he's had many years of experience on these things, you want to have a backbone to go off of. Even if you start talking about a whole bunch of different things, everyone in the room knows that that backbone is there. And at some point, you're probably going to have to get back to it. And that's valuable. And what I would love to hear from people too is what can you recommend for your own meetings? Come to civilengineeringpodcast.com look for episode 46 and leave a comment because I'd love to hear how you handle the agenda and if you have anything that you do to make it more productive than some of the things that I've talked about here. All right, let's move on to the third point now, which is meeting sign-in sheet. This is the document that's used to capture the names and contact information of the meeting attendees. Having a clear record of who attended meetings is a vital part of the documentation process. Preparation of the sign-in sheet prior to the meeting accomplishes several benefits, all right? One benefit is that the attendee presence obviously will be documented. Secondly, though, you can avoid the distraction of someone scrambling to start to circulate a blank piece of paper during the meeting to try to record the attendees after the meeting started. And lastly, this really does establish a desirable atmosphere that good preparation for this meeting has occurred. It's impressive, quite frankly. And that's what you want your clients to see. Towards the end of the meeting, the meeting leader should offer an opportunity for anyone that didn't sign in to sign in. And then, of course, after the meeting or at the end of the meeting, the sign-in sheet should be reproduced and distributed to all attendees so that they can immediately begin to communicate with each other as needed. 
And also in today's world, a lot of people attend meetings remotely. So those that do attend by telephone should be identified on the sign-in sheet. If this is a one-time meeting, you can have a very simple sign-in sheet that will work. But if you have project meetings that occur frequently and are attended by the same people, just create one that's pre-printed with the name and contact information of everybody, and they can just sign off on it, indicating that they attended. This is very, very, very important. And forget about productivity of the meeting and efficiency of the meeting. There's also an entire liability that can be associated with you. I mean, this is legal documentation on your projects. God forbid something happens on one of your civil projects. I mean, God forbid somebody gets killed or something happens. Everything that's talked about in these meetings, everyone that went to these meetings, these things may come up and they should be documented. All right, I'm going to talk about that next. We're going to transition here into the CE hot seat segment. And I'm going to wrap it up by talking a little bit about meeting summary and minutes after the meeting, again, based on John Lowe's audiobook, because I think that the after part is just as important as the meeting. Civil Engineering Podcast. Civil Engineering Podcast. All right, now it's time for our CE Hot Seat segment, which in today's episode is brought to you by our sponsor, PPI. Engineers often ask me what exam prep materials or review courses they should use when preparing for the FE or PE exam. Hands down, I recommend PPI. I personally use PPI's materials to pass my exams, and I recently had a chance to demo their civil FE and PE review courses. It's why I feel confident recommending PPI for those of you planning to take the next step in your career. PPI is offering a special 20% discount to listeners of this podcast. Use promo code CIVIL at ppi2pass.com. Again, that's PPI, the number two, pass.com, and use the promo code CIVIL for a 20% discount. We've talked already about planning for the meeting. We've talked about the meeting agenda, and we've also talked about the meeting sign-in sheet. I want to wrap up by talking about meeting summaries and meeting minutes. They document information communicated at the meetings. Like I just referenced, this documentation may be one of the most important elements in the project as far as liability goes, and also expectation management. Direction from the client, as well as decisions regarding various design elements are often made during this meeting, and John digs into this in his book. This is huge in civil engineering. I mean, how many times have you gone to a meeting where you've taken direction from a client or an agency, and then you've gone back and you've drastically changed your design? Now, what happens if you went to a meeting with a client and the client told you to make a whole bunch of changes, you went ahead and you made the changes, and then the client said, I didn't ask you to make any of those changes, and you had to go change everything back. Who's paying for that? If there's no documentation, you're paying for that. If there's documentation and follow-up after the meeting, then you're going to be crystal clear that that was assigned to you and that you were given those orders to make those changes. As John goes through in his book, the most common forms of documentation are the meeting summary or the meeting minutes. As the name implies, a meeting summary covers more in a topical way the matters that were discussed and the decisions that were reached, followed by further action that's required, right? Kind of like action items. On the other hand, meeting minutes are a more detailed coverage of the meeting in which the matters that were discussed are presented in the order in which they were discussed or rediscussed, followed by any further action that might be required. Unless greater detail is needed, as when claims or possible litigation are anticipated, generally people use the meeting summary. Here are some suggestions from John for effective meeting documentation. There's four specifically. And the first one is when the project manager is to lead a meeting, 
one or more other persons from that firm should attend the meeting. Prior to the meeting, the person responsible for taking notes should be identified. It should be determined beforehand whether a meeting summary or meeting minutes is to be prepared, right? So if you're leading a meeting, it's tough to lead a meeting and take good minutes or a good summary. As John says here, you should bring someone in with you to take the notes for you and make it very clear to them if you want a topical summary or you want detailed minutes. Big difference. Number two, consideration should be given to recording meetings, especially if meeting minutes are to be prepared. Relatively inexpensive digital recording devices that download directly to a computer are well suited for the recording. Attendees should be advised at the beginning of the meeting that the meeting will be recorded. I think this is a great one, but again, you have to remember that there's liabilities involved. These are meetings that could be investigated if something were to happen on a project. So if you're going to record it, record it. If you think it's going to be helpful for documenting it, great. But as John said, you better make sure everyone in the room knows it's being recorded, have the recorder right out on the table, and then use that to prepare your summary or your minutes. It may be a good thing to do, actually, if you can't have someone come in the room with you as the leader, because then you don't have to worry about feverishly taking notes, and then you can review everything after the meeting. Number three, scanning and attaching the sign-in sheet to the meeting summary minutes and referencing it as identifying the attendees is an efficient way to document who attended the meeting. Absolutely. In several meetings that I take part in, I do add the attendee list to the end or attach it to the end of the meeting summary. It is important. It's a critical component of the meeting. Who attended? Who was talking about all these things? Because you're most likely going to reference people in the minutes, and then they'll be cross-referenced through the attendance list. And number four, draft meeting summary minutes should be routed to the attendees for comments and confirmation. This is important. I mean, if you're taking minutes, you should give everybody the opportunity to correct those minutes or correct something that may have been misstated or, I guess, mistranscribed from what they actually said. Now, if you do do this, a cutoff date for receipt of comments should be clearly identified. And once the comments have been resolved and finalized, the final meeting summary should be distributed to all attendees. Be aware that although meeting summary, meeting minutes can be great documentation of direction received that changes the scope, potentially the budget or the schedule, these changes should be further documented in a contract amendment signed by both parties. And this is a great point by John. And basically what John is saying here is that you go to a meeting with a client, client tells you to make a whole bunch of changes on your design. If this is outside of your scope of work, or really either way, it should be documented. But especially if this is outside of your scope of work, you need to outline what was discussed in the meeting and you need to have a contract amendment to ensure that you're going to get paid for this. This is really, really, really important, especially for a lot of younger engineers out there who might be listening, who go to meetings a lot and then make changes to designs after these meetings. What you have to understand is that you may be doing work that's not getting paid for by anyone except coming out of the budget for the project, which it shouldn't be because it's above and beyond the scope of work. So don't think that just because you documented something in a meeting minutes, you're going to be able to go ahead and build a client for it. You've got to get a written confirmation from that client, or let's put it this way. I highly recommend a written confirmation from the client to do the additional work that was discussed in the meeting. I hope that these points are helpful for you and that you can go through them and utilize them in running very productive project meetings, but also being very aware of the liability associated with meetings. John's audiobook, book, located at contractsbook.com. This is an excerpt from the audiobook. 
But the thing that I love about the audiobook and the way we set it up is that it provides instructions for downloading sample documents, just like the checklist that John mentioned for the, the pre-meeting checklist, sample documents like the meeting agenda. I mean, obviously you can create your own, but it's nice to have these documents available. So you can find all of the show notes for this episode at civilengineeringpodcast.com. Look for episode number 46. You'll find a summary of the key points discussed in today's episode, as well as links to any of the resources, websites, or books mentioned during the episode. You can leave a question in the comments section or visit the Ask Us tab on the website. We monitor all comments and will respond if you leave us one. A big thanks to John Lowe for letting me use this excerpt from his book and for letting me help him to publish the audiobook. It's been a really great project. We're getting information that's needed out to civil engineers around the world, John, with your book. It's much appreciated, and I'm excited to continue to get this information to more engineers. Until next time, I wish you all the best in your civil engineering career endeavors. Thank you for listening to the Civil Engineering Podcast. Be sure to visit civilengineeringpodcast.com where you can listen to past episodes and also submit your project to be featured on the show. We also invite you to visit our main website at engineeringcareercoach.com and download a free three-part video series created specifically for engineers to help you best utilize LinkedIn for networking, improve your communication and speaking skills, and also help to develop your leadership abilities. Now is the time to engineer your own success.